Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Amen. Let's go to Mark chapter 4, and uh, we want to get into some good things from the Word. You know, Brother Jim uh, made the statement about deception. You know, I won't be deceived. There's something that uh, I think that uh, believers have to understand. If the devil had any authority of his own, he wouldn't have to rely on deception. He, he's got to deceive you into using your authority so he can get his way. I should probably say that again. He's got to deceive you into using your authority so he can get his way. Because his authority has been taken from him. Jesus took his authority. He can only exercise authority over those whose minds are blinded and those that are deceived. Because where the believer is concerned, he has no authority that I don't give him. And he deceives people into using their words to use their authority against themselves. Amen. And Jim made the statement, he said, just stick with the word. When, uh, when uh, and this is a, a familiar passage, but when, when Jesus was dealing with the devil, we know he constantly referred him back to the word. Right? It is written. It is written. When, uh, when uh, Michael was disputing with Satan over the body of Moses, it says that Michael did not bring a railing accusation against the devil. In other words, he didn't pop off. He didn't smart off. He just said, the Lord rebuke you. Well, the Lord doesn't rebuke the devil for us. We rebuke the devil. Does that make sense? And, and if he had any authority of his own, he wouldn't have to rely on deception. He's got to deceive you to get anything over on you. And if you won't be deceived, and the answer to deception is truth. That's why Jesus told us, you see to it that no man deceive you. Because I, I've got the truth. Amen? Mark chapter 4 and we want to continue with this that we've been on uh, for the last couple of services, receiving maximum results from the Word. Receiving maximum results from the Word. Uh, the first two parts of this message are online. You can uh, go to the YouTube channel, Roku, and, and uh, 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 watch it. I'm, I'm sure they're probably on the podcast by now. But, you know, if we're going to work the Word, we might as well receive maximum results. And here in Mark chapter 4 is a very uh, well-taught 
passage on, uh, on, on the Word. And I have been centering up over the last three weeks on verses 13 and 14. And we'll go back there tonight. Mark chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. Notice what it says. He said unto them, unto his disciples, Do you not know this parable? Now remember, he was there and he was teaching the people. And the Bible says Jesus only taught the people in parables. And he taught them the parable of the sower. And when he was alone with the disciples, the disciples asked him, what'd that mean? And Jesus said, do you not know this parable? He said, how are you going to know any parables then? How are you going to know anything that I teach? And he went on in verse 14, the sower sows the word. Right? The sower sows the word. One translation says, if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand any of them. Amen. The New English Bible says, how then are you to understand any parable? So we see that this is like the Rosetta Stone to the kingdom. All right? This is like the master key to the kingdom. When you read Mark chapter 4, it tells us how the Word is supposed to work, the enemies to the Word, and what I can do to stop that from happening in my life. All within these verses. It, it gives us the master key to how the Word works in our life. It tells me how the Word works. It tells me the enemies of the Word and how I can overcome them. All right? And Jesus states two things here. If you don't understand what He's saying here, you'll have a hard time understanding anything He says. And secondly, the context of this parable is the Word. Not thorns, not the devil, not hard ground, soft ground, good ground. The context is the Word and the reception of the Word and receiving maximum results from the Word. Now, in the coming weeks, we'll get down there uh, uh, to verse 20 on the good ground. But we we gotta, we got to go through this And see something. Weymouth says, what the sower sows is the Word. What the sower sows is the Word. So we see the context is the Word. All right? What what the believer's life centers around is the Word. Not power. Not victory. Not authority. The Word. Because every, every one of those things comes from the Word. All right. So if, if I make the word first place, I'm going to walk in authority. If I make the word first place, I'm going to walk in victory. It, I taught that series some, uh, well, it's been a couple years ago now, that we always go back to what does the word say? What does the word say? When Paul was writing to the church at Rome, he said they were, they were arguing about righteousness and were we the righteousness of God in Christ. And he said, what saith the scripture? What does the Word say? Amen. you got to ask yourself that sometimes. When the enemy's bombarding your mind with thoughts, you got to answer with the Word. Amen. You know, you, you, don't, you don't need to talk to the devil and just say, hey, devil, you're not going to do that. Use the Word. I'm casting down that imagination according to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10 
And the blood of Jesus Christ has purged my conscience from dead works that I might serve the living God. When you take the word to him, you're cutting directly to the chase. Amen. Verse 15. This is, this is, this is where we are going to center up tonight. Say this out loud. Say, Lord, give me ears to hear and eyes to see wondrous things from your word tonight. Amen. Mark 4, 15. And these are they by the wayside where the word was sown, but when they've heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. Now notice, the word was sown and the person heard. And now what it says? These are they by the wayside where the word was sown, but when they have heard, when they have heard. See, the word is supernatural in its working. It's designed to produce when you plant it. Amen. The word is designed to produce faith when it's heard. It's just there. You, you hear the word, faith comes. All right? In order for these things not to happen, there has to be an issue with the ground the seed is sown in. Amen. We want maximum results from the Word. Now, some Bible versions of this verse, it makes, they make the statements like, they use phrases like, the seed fell on the hardened soil of the road. And you read other ones and it says, the seed fell, some fell. That leaves the idea that the seed wasn't sown, but it was dropped accidentally or casually. That it wasn't sown here. But Scripture says it was sown, not dropped, not accidentally scattered there. I've heard people say, well, you know, some of it got on the road. It's not what the Bible says. The, these illustrations here are types of ground that refer to the heart of the person hearing. The Word was sown into the heart of this individual. Every person will hear the Word at some point in their life. And they'll have to make a decision about the word. Amen. The word sown tells us this is where the seed was scattered on purpose. It was sown here. Amen. They heard the word. Now watch. And the word they heard never went below the surface. It never went any deeper than surface level. It stayed on top of the ground. It never penetrated their heart. Now this is important because the result of this is that the Word was left in a vulnerable position. The psalmist said this in the book of Psalms 119. He said, Your Word I have hidden in my heart. The book of Proverbs says where the word's concerned, it says keep it in the midst of your heart. And then it says after that, and where your heart's concerned, guard it with all diligence. For out of it, because that's where the word is, out of it flow the issues of your life. 
So we don't just hear the word and leave it lay there. We hide it in our heart. So it left the word in a vulnerable position. The result is that Satan took the word. Now here's something to understand. Satan cannot just take the word from you. It has to be yielded to him. You have to yield the word to him. I've, I've, I've heard people minister, and I'm not saying anything bad against anybody, but they'll say the moment you hear the word, immediately Satan comes to steal it. He can't steal it, though, if it's not just laying there. If I take it and hide it in my heart, he can't take it from me because he has no access to my heart. Absolutely, zero, none. That's why he attacks you in your mind. He tries to use a mind battle to take the word out of your heart. If he can get you talking about how you're thinking, he can rob the word from you. Your job is to not leave the word laying on the ground. It's to take it in and dig deep and hide it in your heart so that it can produce in your spirit. Amen. So, yeah, he might come immediately. But if I've already hid the word, too late. Right? Tell your neighbor, said the devil is too late. I've already heard and retained the word. You're too late. Amen. There's times you got to tell the devil, devil, listen, you're already too late. I've done been to church tonight. I've already heard the word. I already know what belongs to me. And I'm, amen. Whoo, glory to God. Amen. <laughs> That's right. It has to be yielded to him. Uh, either by giving it away or leaving it unattended. All right? You, 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 you got to yield the word to him. And, and by giving it to him or just leaving it unattended. Amen. You know, it's, it's hard to... Have you ever, have you ever known somebody that, that they just were uh, irresponsible with their stuff? They wouldn't lock their car. They'd leave things sitting on the front seat. And you know, then something would get stolen from them, and you knew how they were. It, it was just hard to feel sorry for them. Right? I mean, I love you, brother, but it's hard to feel sorry for them. I've told you three times not to leave that sitting on the front seat. I've had people say, this guy's stolen out of my car. I said, was your doors locked? Well, no. Well, there you go. There's your problem. Right? It, amen. When you hear the word, it's not just, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't the word great? It's that's mine. I receive that in the name of Jesus. I take that into my heart. I take it right now. I believe that in Jesus' name. If, 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 if you're hearing the word on healing, you begin to declare how healed you are. Because that's how you take it. The, the Bible says that your mouth feeds your heart. And when you have a challenge, your heart will feed your mouth. Because the word that you hide in your heart today is what you're going to fight the devil with in the coming weeks. The word coming out of your mouth is the sword that the Spirit yields. And it says it is a two-edged sword that cuts coming and going. It's the sharpest sword on the battlefield. And there's nothing the devil can do to stand up against the word coming out of your mouth that's been hid in your heart. Yes, nothing. 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 
Amen. So notice the issue is not Satan being able to take the word so much as it is the hearer leaving the word in an exposed place. Amen. Because remember, you've got to get you've got to lend the devil your authority for him to take anything from you. Hallelujah. Remember what Jesus said? He said, the prince of this world's coming and he has nothing in me. Right? The devil has nothing in you. you, you listen, the only, the only person that the devil has anything in, now hear me when I say this, anything in legally is those that still retain the nature of Adam. When we, when we lost the nature of Adam and took on the nature of God, he lost any right to anything in our life. None. He does not have the right to put sickness on your life. He does not have the right to put poverty on your life. That is trespassing. That is illegal. That is a usurpation of your authority as a believer. That's why the Bible says in no uncertain terms that when you as the believer resist the devil, he will flee from you. Amen. Look at Mark chapter 6. We're going to do a lot of looking here in Mark 6 tonight. Tell your neighbor, say, hide the word in your heart. Mark 6 and... uh, Verse 51. Now, we'll make this statement again, but remember that this is right after Jesus fed the 5,000. And I want to remind you of how this happened. He blessed the fish fish and the bread. Frish is fish and bread together. (laughs) He's kind of making a shortcut there. He blessed the fish. Fish and the bread. Hallelujah. And then the Bible says he handed it to the disciples, and in the hands of the disciples it multiplied. So they watched bread and fish multiply. They knew how many were there because they told him. We have, we have a, a, a young lad here that has five loaves and two fish. And what Philip say? But what are these among so many? Right? So they watched Jesus I say Jesus, they watched the blessing multiply five loaves and two fish and feed 5,000 men besides women and children. This had just happened. All right? And then they got in the boat, and they got, and remember Jesus was up praying. He, He sent the crowd away and went and prayed. And it says that he saw them in the middle of the sea toiling because the wind was contrary to them. Right? And in other of the four Gospels, we see where uh, uh, he came walking on the water and Peter got out of the boat and went to walk on the water. Mark doesn't throw Peter in here for whatever reason. But the point is, this is the same issue. And notice this. Notice this. Verse 51. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. Notice this. For... They considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Their heart was hardened. 
You know, there were scriptures all through the Old Testament that talked about how the Messiah, talked about how Christ would walk on the storm and walk on the waters that were raging. They had just seen the the loaves and the fish multiplied. And they were amazed, they were shocked at what was going on. And the Bible says, because their heart was hardened. Is that right? So the disciples have helped him feed 5,000 men. They've seen him walk on the water, yet they didn't fully realize who he was. And the scripture says it was the hardness of their heart. So here's the question. Where was all the word that they had been hearing? Laying on the top of the soil. The, the Greek states very strongly, but their heart was hardened, right? It, it says, they did not, cons- uh, 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 he went up, they were beyond measure, wondered, but even though they saw him walking on the water, even though they saw the 5,000 fed, they, they, they didn't believe fully because their heart was hardened. Amen. Do you remember after Jesus rose from the dead and he's walking along the road to Emmaus with, with two of them? You know that one guy from Oklahoma, Cleophas? And he's walking along with him. That's a joke. But he's walking along with them, and, and they were talking and, and about all the things that had happened, and Jesus just eased up beside him. I like Jesus. Jesus was cool. He just eased up beside him, and he said, what are y'all talking about? They said, are you the only person in Jerusalem that doesn't know what's going on? And they said, Jesus, and they talked about how he died, and said, we thought, we thought, we thought he was the one. Do you remember what Jesus said? Dull of mind and slow to believe. When you study this hardness of heart out, it carries a dullness of thinking. A dullness of thought. Amen. That's that's where the enemy works. He works to dull the perception, to darken the perception. Because if he can dull the perception, he can stop you from working the word. Amen. The, The Phillips translation says, even that miracle had not opened their eyes to see who he was. The Bible says that that when they went up to the the Mount of, of, of Ascension, the Mount of Olives, they sang a hymn and they went up to the Mount of Olives. It says that, you know, that the angels came down and, 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 and they could see the angels. And it said that some of them in that group believed not. They saw angels. They saw Jesus raised from the dead. And they didn't believe. Hallelujah. See, if I want maximum results from the Word, when you see it, you hear it in the Word. That's it. I believe it. That's mine. What changed Pastor Michelle and I's life was when we came to the understanding that when we come to something in the Word, we believe it. That's what the Word says. That's what I believe. Amen. Because the Word, the written Word, has the ability to change seen circumstances. Everything in this natural, physical world, 
the, the, the word is law in the spiritual world and it's law in the natural world. And everything in this natural world must bow its knee to the greater law, which is the law of the Spirit, which the word is the key to. Hallelujah. Miracles do not produce faith. Faith produces miracles. And the Word produces faith. So if my heart is hardened to the Word, it will produce no faith, and I will receive none of the benefits of faith. Look here at Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. So if my heart is hardened to the Word, it will produce no faith, and I will receive none of the benefits of faith. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 8, verse 15. Now, this was after Jesus had fed 4,000. We, we saw in uh, uh, Mark chapter 6, they had fed 5,000. Now we see here that he had fed 4,000. Verse 15. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. For they reasoned among themselves, saying, Notice this, and they reasoned among themselves, Is it because we have no bread? Hmm. And when Jesus knew it, he said unto him, Why do you why reason you because you have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand, have ye your heart yet hardened? Notice, having eyes you see not, having ears you hear not. And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves among the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragment you took? And they said 12. And when the seven among 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said seven. And he said unto them, how is it that you do not understand? How is it? You, you saw the 12 baskets. You saw the seven baskets. You saw the multiplying. How is it you still don't understand? Well, the answer is a hard heart. I've had people say, how did so-and-so backslide? A hard heart. A hard heart. Well, they were hurt in the church. A hard heart. Yeah, but that, that preacher offended them. A hard heart. Supple-hearted people do not get offended. When you have the Word in your heart, you will not get offended. Thank you for that emotional response. See, that this is so true. Because the Word is my guard against offense. The, the good ground, the Word that was sown in good ground, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the Word that was sown in good ground was, was, was a heart that had ingested the Word, and the Word, listen, right now tonight, when you go home, the Word will work in your heart, the Word that you take will work in your heart, and anything that's contrary to the kingdom, the Word will work all night to uproot it and pull it out of your life, and if you got to wake up in the morning, and the Word will be right there saying, you need to deal with that, the Word will help you pull it up, and you won't be offended because your heart will be so full of the Word. Amen. Say it out loud. There's no room in my heart for anything 
but the Word. Hallelujah. So the problem is that the disciples were doing nothing with the Word they were hearing. They were hearing it and doing nothing. Their hearts were not hardened like the Pharisees because they were obstinate or because of obstinance, but the perfect tense of the Greek that's used here suggests a present state of spiritual insensitivity by not taking to heart what Jesus had taught. A spiritual state of insensitivity. See, it's up to me if my heart stays sensitive to the things of God. Right? The problem in Mark 4, 15, hard heart. Who is in charge of that man's heart? Him. Right? Who's in charge of your heart? Me. So if, if, if a person's heart is hardened, they can't blame the devil. They can't blame the pastor. They can't blame the person sitting next to them, the person that hurt them, the person that did them wrong, the person that didn't do them right. They can't blame that person. They can only blame themselves. It's up to me who I let offend me and who I do not let offend me. It's up to me whether I receive the word or not. I mean, you don't know how they did me. It's up to me. Amen. Pastor, Pastor Michelle got the updated version. I guess we'd call it the updated version of uh, intervention prayers. And uh, uh, you've read the old one. She, what's that? Expanded edition. That's what it is. And I was, I was uh, looking, looking through it in Kimberly's office earlier this evening. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it's published by our, our publishing company, Faith to Faith Publishing. And uh, so anyway, my point is, is I was reading it and I said, well, who, thought, who, who would have thought that God ever would give us a publishing company? And we were just kind of laughing, and I tossed it on her desk. I said, I said, well, so much for those people that said we'd always be the bottom of the barrel. And somebody asked me the question. They said, how, 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 did you, how, do, you, how do you not get frustrated at those people? And I said, well, some of those people are in my fellowship today. You, 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 you got to weigh the results if I choose to harden my heart and get offended, what am I not going to be able to walk into? What am I not going to be able to do? Because the moment I get offended, hear me, hear me well, the Word stops working. The moment. Just like the moment you believe the Word, faith starts working. The moment you get offended, the moment you allow your heart to get hardened, it stops. It stops. Right, right there, it stops. Amen. Woo. So, what does the Bible say? That we are to meditate on the Word. Night and day. What am I doing when I meditate on the Word? Getting it in my heart. I, how many weeks did I teach in healing school? you got to spend time getting convinced. Right? The, 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 the word faith in Hebrews 11.1, 1, well, faith, period, but it, it, means, it means the conviction that something's true or the conviction of the truth of anything. It takes time to get convinced. It takes time to get totally convinced in your heart about the, the, the things in the Word. But you just keep going back to the Word. Amen. That's hearing the Word and doing nothing with it. They heard the Word and did nothing with it. That is leaving the word laying 
on top of the ground. Amen. You know what James 1.22 says? It says, but be ye doers of the word, right? And not hearers only. Then what's the next phrase? Deceiving your own self. So it's possible to hear, remember Mark 4.15? These are they that hear the word and receive it. And then Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. Now look at those three things. Heard it, received it, it was in their heart. But it was laying on the ground, just laying on top. And James said if you hear the word and you don't do anything with the word, you'll deceive yourself. Amen. Why is that important? Because there there are people who hear the in Christ realities in the Word, and they even assent to them, but they don't really work for them or impact them because they're left on top of the soil. And those truths are taken by the enemy. Amen. Well, you know, if you were righteous, you wouldn't have done that. If you were really righteous, you wouldn't have acted that way. Right? See, that's, that's how he comes. And if that word is just left laying on top of my heart, he'll just take it from me. I've been, I've been pastoring all these years, and I've heard people say that. Well, you know, I, I guess I must not be where I thought I was because, you know, how could I do that if I was where I thought I was? You're being lied to. Right? The, the, the word is the word is truth. One of the most dangerous things to your Christian walk is mental assent. Because mental assent assents that the word's true. It will say the word's true. It admires the word, but it's not faith. Somebody in mental assent, when the problem comes, they'll, they'll say things like, well, I guess I am broke. I mean, I don't have no money. I guess, I guess I am broke. I guess things aren't going my way. Or a pain comes to their body or a challenge comes. Well, I thought I was healed. I guess I'm not. I mean, I, I, I still have this problem. That's mental assent. Mental assent is hearing the word, receiving the word, and doing nothing with it. James said you have to hear the word and do the word. Is that right? Do something with the Word. The first thing you do with it is hide it in your heart. Hallelujah. There are people that hear the healing truths in the Word, and they assent to them. But the Word on healing is just left on top of the soil, and the healing truth is taken by the enemy. The enemy can't just take the Word. He's got to have our assistance. He's got to have my help. Amen. And notice that James said we deceive ourselves. Hearing the word, we know faith comes by hearing, but, but never make a decision just based on how much word you've heard. It's not the word you've heard, 
It's the word you're doing something with. Amen. And notice what he said. He said, you deceive yourself. So is that a person that the devil doesn't have to deceive? Because I've deceived myself. By what? Hearing the word and not doing the word. Why do I not do the word? Why did the disciples not do the word? Now, I'm not saying you. Here, I said I. Why am I not doing the word? If I'm not doing the word, it's because there's a level of hardness of heart where I'm not operating the word. Amen. So how then do we receive maximum results from the word? Because we've said if Satan had any authority of his own, he wouldn't have to depend on deception. So he's got to either deceive us or count on us to deceive ourselves. Let's look at Luke 6. Am I helping you at all tonight? You know, very often we think of hard-hearted individuals as people that, you know, they hear the word on salvation and they just won't get saved. And Well, but there are, there are multiplied thousands of hard-hearted Christians sitting in churches tonight that are hard-hearted against the truth of the word of God. Amen. There are people that will fight you. I mean, I won't whoop you. Because they don't believe it's always God's will to heal. Or they don't believe it's God's will to prosper you. Yeah, I've had people almost offer to whip me. Because, because of what the Word says. Amen. I had a guy get so mad at me one time. Well, I just, I just, I just don't know what to tell you. Uh, just just so, almost cussing. He was yelling so loud that my wife came down the hallway to my office and said, do y'all hear? We can hear you. And I wanted to make sure they knew he was cussing, not me. I'm not cussing. But oh, mad. Mad because I was, because I was not confronting him. I was taking him to the Word. And him getting mad. Remember that old Yosemite Sam? And he'd get mad and he'd start saying, friggin', friggin', friggin'. Remember? That's how this guy was. He, 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 I'll say it this way. He wanted to drop a certain word on me so bad, it was just, and I wanted to say, go ahead, go ahead and cuss. It's, you can repent. Mad, just mad, because he was confronted with the word. I mean, one to whip me, because I was talking the word. If he, could, if he thought he could have, he probably would have tried. Amen. I had a person one time, the very beginning of our church, first year of the church, and uh, he was a board member, and, and his wife was causing all kinds of tr- problems in the church. I don't know why I'm telling this, it's just hardness of heart. And uh, uh, so the, I, I found out about it, and I brought him in. And I said, now, brother, I said, you're, you're on the board of this church. And I said, I have uh, information, you know, your, your wife is gossiping, and she's saying some really ugly things. And I said, you know, the scripture says, you know, a, a, a deacon has to have his house in order. I said, so I'm asking you to ask your wife not to be gossiping anymore. 
Oh, he got mad. Got mad. I don't know what your problem is with my wife. I said, well, she's a liar. That's it. That's the thing. People said that was blunt. It was true. Boy, I thought he was going to come across. He, he was an old Marine. I thought, old Leatherneck, I thought he was going to come across the desk on me. I was looking for something. I'd... Amen. But anyway, my point is, I watched their hearts get harder to the Word. To the Word. So he wouldn't change things. So I had him bring her in. And I said, now sister, you've been talking to this person because they told me you've been talking to them. And you're trying to get up a petition to get me out of this church. And I said, now here's the thing. You, you might can get me out of this church, but you still got to deal with the division you're trying to bring into this church. And I'm telling you, as the pastor, you, and I told him, you, you stop her. If you don't stop her, I'll get you off the board. I, I saw their heart get hard. Do you know God had done such a work in their life? I was assistant pastor in another church years before that. And she had come to that meeting. And this man was just resistant against the things of the Holy Spirit. He didn't want to speak in tongues. He didn't want anything to do with it. And she came to that meeting. And the Lord had me go to her. And I went to her and I said, Sister, I said, your husband does not believe in speaking in tongues. He does not want anything to do with speaking in tongues. I said, but he's going to have an encounter with the man of God. And he's not only going to believe, he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. Amen. Two weeks later, they were at a church, uh, a friend of mine pastors in uh, uh, Grandview, Missouri, Dennis and Denise Capra. And uh, they are part of uh, Andrew's ministry. And a guy named, you know, Dave Duell. You've heard of Dave Duell. Dave Duell was there ministering. Dave Duell is a spiritual guy, but he's a nut. I mean, just nut. And uh, so he, 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 uh, he uh, was, was ministering, and he went back to this man. And he said, brother, stand up. The man stood up. He said, uh, you don't think that the Holy Spirit's for today? He said, you're not sure about the, the power of the Holy Spirit? He said, but the Lord told me to come back here and lay hands on you. And he laid hands on that man. That man began to speak in tongues, was laid out in the Spirit, and laid there for probably 30 minutes speaking in other tongues. And see, the word of the Lord came true to her just exactly what God said. And, and when I was going to that church and they, were, they wanted me to be the pastor, she was one of my mo most vociferous supporters. He's a prophet. He's a man of God. Now, I don't, I'm not a prophet, but he's a, he's a man of God. Amen. Now watch. Did you forget the five loaves and two fish? Right? When confronted with the Word, they forgot everything that God said and the miracle that God performed. Why? Because their heart was hardened. Because they couldn't get their way. And I've watched that over the years. Amen. Just accuse you of all kinds of things. I made a statement one time in the church on a Wednesday night. I made this statement. I said, Jesus did not do the miracles that He did when He was on the earth. He did not do them as the divine Son of God. He did them as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. 
Now, he was the divine son of God, but that wasn't why he did the miracles. He could not do miracles because he was the divine son of God. He could do miracles because he was anointed with the Holy Ghost. Just like we can do miracles because we're anointed with the Holy Ghost. Oh, man. Oh, boy. It was, it was all over the place. Oh, he's teaching that Jesus isn't divine. Oh, and that was the best-selling tape. We sold out. Not because people wanted to hear the truth that they wanted to hear if I said Jesus wasn't divine. Now, here's my question. So how do you go from he's a man of God, he's a prophet, everything he said about my family has come to pass, to he's preaching that Jesus isn't divine, he's a devil, we need to get rid of him. Because you harden your heart to the word. You know, that man took out newspaper ads against me. Quarter-page newspaper ads. Called me a false prophet. Mince no words. Called the name of my church. Called me. Called me by name. Said I had a false prophet's outreach going. Called me a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Had a, had a, big, a big picture of a wolf with an a offering plate. And my name. He had t-shirts printed up about me. Amen. He went around town talking about how I was one of those prosperity guys. Now, I did this. I probably shouldn't have, but I did this. I had a t-shirt made up that with the, like the Superman logo on it, and in the middle of it said prosperity man. So I, I did. I, I did it. I, I wanted to just go into McDonald's where they were having coffee someday with a button-up shirt and just go and say, da, 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 prosperity man. I didn't. Now, I, I'm about to be done. But, but here's my point. <laughs> right? Here, how, how do you get there? You harden your heart to the Word. Amen. You know, those people needed the Word. You know what's sad? They all died sick. They all died before their time. That lady lost her mind. Not because she talked about me. Because she hardened her heart to the Word. He died sick. Their daughter, that was much too young to die, died sick. The whole family, they all died. Died before their time. Died sick because they hardened their heart to the Word. Amen. Does that make sense? So how do I get the maximum results from the Word? I have uh, seven minutes. Luke chapter 6. Oh, hallelujah. See, and, that, and that's, you, you've got to always guard. The word will always produce the results that it says it will produce. You know, something that grabbed me years ago, and, and we talk about this when Jesus was on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. I grabbed a hold of that years ago. And when somebody does me wrong, I say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And people say, well, they know good and well what they're doing. No, they don't. If they knew what they were doing, they wouldn't be acting that way. When people do you wrong, when people treat you badly, you should feel sorry for them. Because they don't know what they're doing to themselves. Amen. See, don't let your heart get hardened. Because 
uh, right? What did Jesus say? Remember what he said? He said, if your enemy thirsts, give him something to drink. If he's naked, clothe him. If he's hungry, feed him. You know what he said? He said, pray for your enemies. Do good to those that despitefully use you and persecute you. He said, because the servant is not above his master, and if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. But how did Jesus always respond? In love. In mercy. Is that right? Why? Because you can't let your heart get hardened. Can't let your heart get hardened. Luke 6, verse 47. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings, notice, and does them. So we, we see very, very plainly, hearing is not enough. Because Mark 4, 15, the man heard, and the word just laid on top of his heart. Notice, I'll show you to who he's like. He's like a man that built a house and digged deep. Everybody say, dig deep. Notice, dig deep. Arkansas, Oklahoma, West Texas, even parts of Kansas, we all have the same kind of soil. You, you, you dig about three or four inches down and you hit rock. But it's not solid rock. You can dig through it. You dig several feet down and you get to bedrock. This is what he's talking about. He dig deep. I remember my pastor telling the story about a St. Bernard that he had. Uh, and uh, he said to his next door neighbor, had a bunch of little beagle dogs. And you know beagles. Beagles bark when the wind blows. They bark when a leaf moves. They just bark, 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 bark. And it's not just bark. It's woo, woo. And they said, uh, he said uh, he had a, uh, they'd put this, his St. Bernard out, outside because the St. Bernard had destroyed his couch. He said one night he heard, he heard like a grinding coming from his living room. And he went in and his St. Bernard puppy had ate the arm off the couch. And he said, so we put him outside. Put a little miniature air conditioner that he had been given in, in the doghouse. And, and he said, you know, when, when he had it on a timer and when that air conditioner came on, the, his St. Bernard would go in, in the, the doghouse and cool off. And he said, uh, one, of the, one of these days, one of those days, one of those little beagles got curious about what was, because he said there was a knot hole in the fence. And he said those little beagle dogs would just bark, 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 bark. And he said every now and then his St. Bernard would go over and just put his muzzle up that uh, uh, knot hole and just go, woof. And he said beagles would just scatter. And he said one day a little beagle decided he'd find out what was over the fence. And he said he jumped from the top of one of those pins into their yard. And he said when his St. Bernard uh, saw what was happening, he just come lumbering around. And he said he wasn't trying to get him or anything, but that little beagle dog saw this big St. Bernard. And he said he just dove at the fence and just started digging and digging and digging. And he said he got halfway under and got hung. And he said, couldn't you imagine what was in that little beagle dog's mind? The last thing he saw was this big St. Bernard. And now his hind end sticking out there. And <laughs> some of y'all are going to go home and say, what did he preach on? Something about a dog. As, but, 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 but the point is, that, that's the issue with a lot of believers. 
They never dig. They never dig and put the word deep in their heart until they're facing a challenge. And very often when they're facing a challenge, it's too late to get the word deep in their heart like they need it. You need to put the word in your heart right now. And he said he dug deep and put, built his house on a foundation. Is that right? On a rock. And notice, when the flood arose, not if, when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house. Notice this, I love this, and could not shake it because it was founded on a rock. Couldn't. It tried, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Right? Folks, listen, it's not if a storm comes, it's when. It's not if you're going to face a challenge. It's when you face a challenge. The best thing you can do is prepare for the challenge that you don't know is coming. But it's coming. Amen. Now, that's not a negative statement. We're not, we're not calling anything. We're not speaking anything on you. It's just the reality of it. Amen. You know, when, when, uh, when our daughter came home and wasn't feeling well, you know, we, like any parents, we thought, well, we'll keep her out of school a day or so and, and give her some Tylenol and everything will be great. Amen. Everybody say, storm blowing. See, the storm was blowing. Right? But we already had the Word in our heart. Already had the Word in our heart. And responded in the middle of the storm. But how did he get there? He dug deep. Nobody gets the word deep in your heart for you. You get it deep in your heart for yourself. Now, let me, let me finish with this. Look at verse 49. But he that hears the word and doeth it not. Do you see that? Notice, I, I need you to see this. The hearing's not the issue. It's the doing. It's the doing. It's the doing. Notice what it says. He's like a man that without a foundation built a house. Now, here's the thing I know. This house went up a lot quicker than the first man's. It went up a lot faster because he put it on the ground. What took the time in the other man's house? Digging deep. Amen. I've watched a lot of construction over the years, and the most time-consuming part of building any building is getting the foundation right. Because if the foundation's right, everything will stay right. If the foundation's not right, everything's off. And notice what it says. Let me hurry. He built a house on the earth against which the stream. Now, it's the same stream. The. The word the is saying it's the same one. So you have two men, whether they were side by side, same neighborhood, whatever it was, the same stream beat against both houses, and one, the stream, could not shake it. Right? That's where you say, that's me. But notice, the other one, the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. What's the difference? Not that both of them didn't hear. One of them did something with the word, and the other one didn't. What we could say is this, in closing, what we could say is this, the man, the second man left the word sitting on the soil, and it was just taken. 
Amen. See, we're good ground. We protect the Word. We value the Word. The Word produces maximum results for us because we keep it in the middle of our heart. Amen. Do you see that? Hallelujah. Say that out loud. Say, Father, I value your Word. I honor your Word. I protect your Word. And because of that, the Word protects me. The Word honors me. I declare that every storm, every problem, every challenge that comes against my life cannot shake me because I have dug deep and put the Word in my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Glory to God. Let's stand up tonight.